Democrats, violence, destroying American institutions, vote for us or else. The death of a Supreme Court justice has triggered more threats and actions by the far left in the United States. The presidential election and congressional contests just got even more heated than they already were. The COVID-19 response is also a key issue in the elections as the economy and the virus data show market improvements. So strap in, because we've got a special guest this week to discuss these issues and the rest of 2020 on The Rob Mana Show. Hey friends, you need to check out Mammoth Nation, America's conservative discount club. They're on a mission to get Trump reelected and keep liberal Democrats, AKA socialists and communists out of office. These guys really mean it, folks. I wouldn't say that if it wasn't true. Go to mammothnation.com. It's only $19 a year, and here's what you get. You get great get discounts on all sorts of products and services. You're automatically entered in the Mammoth Election Day sweepstakes. There's some great prizes, including a 65-inch Samsung TV. And you're going to love this, because I sure do. I'm a lifetime member, and if you become a lifetime member today, you get a free Trump flag and some other really cool items. So once again, that's mammothnation.com. Let's go. Join us now so we can win in November. Twenty twenty has become the year that everybody just wants to go away or disappear into history as quickly as possible. It's been one hell of a year so far, and with the death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the flames of strife just got a little hotter in this country. The leftists in America are already targeting threats and actual protests on the Senate Majority Leader's home and family, as well as the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. The Senate Minority Leader is threatening to finish the destruction of the Senate as an institution that was begun by their party under Harry Reid. And the Speaker of the House is threatening impeachment of the President and the Attorney General. All of this because President Trump has dared to nominate a new justice to replace Ginsburg, and Senate leaders have affirmed they will confirm the nominee. All of these actions are constitutionally correct and expected by those of us that voted for the president and to increase the majority in the Senate in 2016 and 2018. We demand they fill the seat and we really aren't concerned with the swamp and what it thinks. We also don't really care what the swamp thinks about the COVID-19 response. Yet, we've got our concerns about the lingering lockdowns under Democrat governors and mass mandates and think they should be gone as soon as possible. As a matter of fact, if any objective observer takes a look at Sweden and does a normalized comparison to lockdown countries like ours, these lockdowns may have been effective to buy us time until we built up our medical care capability, but they're causing more harm than good at this point. It is time to end them. These stories and more are covered in detail on independent media outlets, and today we have as our guest the editor-in-chief of one of these outlets, The Knock Report, 
and co-founder of the American conservative movement, J.D. Rucker. Mr. J.D. Rucker, uh, editor-in-chief of The Knock Report. My friend, I appreciate you being our guest today. How are you? Oh, I am fantastic. How are you doing today, Colonel Rucker? We're doing well. Uh, Seems like we've got a hurricane targeting us uh, once or twice every two weeks nowadays, but they keep missing. So God is good. (laughs) God is definitely good. Amen. uh, Well, I do appreciate you coming on the show. I know you're a busy guy, uh, but just spend a few seconds telling my audience, my viewers, you know, what is the knock report? I'm a, I've been a reader of, of the uh, report for a long time. Uh, but for those that may not know what it is, uh, just give them the 30 seconds on what it is. Sure. It's my baby. NOQreport.com stands for the, people ask me all the time. NOQ stands for news, opinions, and quotes. So I put articles, videos, podcasts, the works. Uh, we've got some very talented writers and we focus on a Christian and conservative perspective. There's so much fake news out there that why not put a little bit of uh, truth into the mix? So that's what we do. Absolutely. And it's, uh, I believe that the Knock Report is is one of the uh, independent media sources that uh, I know I have gone to for quite some time, and I appreciate you doing it, especially from the con- Christian and conservative perspective. And that really gets to my first question uh, that I want to get your take on and your thoughts on, and that is uh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away last week. Uh, God rest her soul. Uh, and uh, as uh, as uh, a huge of an icon as she was to the left, it seems like the whole world's just gone crazy, though, when the president of the United States says, yeah, I'm going to nominate somebody to fill the seat. I think it's important. And the leaders of the Senate, who happen to be Republicans now, uh, weigh in and say, yeah, we're going to have a vote on this and confirm this nominee uh, uh, if everything goes right. Uh, uh, and then the entire explosion happened. And I mean, I mean, we've got threats of we're going to destroy the institution of the Senate. Uh, uh, we're going to impeach the president and the attorney general from the House. People think the House of Representatives, because it's controlled by Democrats, should have a say. Uh, you know, the activists, uh, not just activists, but the, the violent people on the streets that are prote- have been protesting for some time have already been to to uh, Leader McConnell's home and to Lindsey Graham's home and making uh, making threats that should be taken seriously, by the way, uh, considering our recent history. Uh, why is it just going crazy? Well, number one, because, yeah, as you mentioned, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is an icon on the left. Her death, yeah, the, the initial response was, oh my gosh, I can't believe she died. I saw one person do a video about, about why couldn't she wait to just two more months, you know, and, and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they understand that this is finally going to to shift things in a, an originalist slash, you know, some people like to say conservative direction. Yeah, they've said now from the left's perspective, because there's John Roberts on the bench, they, they've said that there's been a 5-4 split the whole time. And this is going to make it 6-3, except when you look at what John Roberts has actually done in recent history— Really, since since the Obama administration, he is not a, an originalist. He is not a constitutionalist. He is he is very much a partisan, and if anything, he's left leaning. So <clears throat> this current situation puts us at four four, and they realize that by President Trump nominating and and the Senate confirming a new uh, Supreme Court justice, that means that there will finally be technically 
a five to four advantage to the originalists. Now, you could say that neither Kavanaugh nor Gorsuch are you know, staunch originalists in in the same vein as a as a Thomas or or a, um, Alito, but you know at least they they lean to the right for the most part. At least, at least they usually get the originalist aspect of being a Supreme Court justice right, and that terrifies the left. But it's more than mm-hmm. that, Rob, because they're actually pushing this as as an election issue. This is a lot of this is you know, ba- basically outrage theater. On the Democrats' part, they are—they're going to—you know—we're going to do everything we can. We're going to use nothing's off the table. We're going to use every quiver or every arrow in our quiver and all this other stuff. It's just posturing. It's—it's it's just pandering to the base and letting them know, yes, we're going to fight, even though we really can't do very much at all. Yeah, it's—it's uh, it's very interesting the political response. Uh, I mean, they're just absolutely off the charts. Uh, uh, but, but. The Constitution says the President of the United States gets to nominate somebody, and, and it's a duty, uh, and the Senate advises and consents. I mean, there's no guarantee that they'll confirm this nominee, but uh, both the Senate majority was expanded in 2018, and Mr. Trump was really elected uh, in large part because he put the list of, uh, uh, of uh, justices, potential justices out in the 2016 election, and he's done it again and added some to it. Uh, here about three weeks ago, I think it was. So, so that that's all normal. I mean, Mr. Obama nominated uh, Merrick Garland in 2016, but he didn't have the Senate on his political party side, so the Republicans uh, opposed the nomination. I mean, that's normal operating procedure, and these folks have gone crazy. Is it because of the potential nominees? I mean, the two that I've heard of, and I want to get your take on on both of them and, and ask you if there's anybody else out there that might be a, a viable candidate is, uh, is Judge Barrett, uh, who lives in Indiana now, is on one of the appeals courts, and, and Judge Lagoa from Florida, who's a Cuban-American, uh, uh, both very staunch conservatives, I think both Catholic, uh, uh, and, and they seem to scare, have scared the heck out of uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden. They have. What are your thoughts on that? <clears throat> no, they definitely have scared them. Uh, but yeah, as far for first and foremost, I, one of the reasons I have not chimed in, and I will not chime in, on either of them as far as you know my perspectives on them, is because yeah, easiest way to put, it, I'm lukewarm, but I'm hopeful. Okay, mm-hmm. they are political appointments, and this is the this is the most annoying aspect of all of this, is that these are political appointments. In other words. They're being chosen specifically based upon how they will affect the election. I guarantee you that they, their names would be on a list, but the list would be much longer if Ruth Bader Ginsburg had died on November 5th and or 4th or whenever, and uh, President Trump had won re-election. He would have been looking at a much wider, wider range of people. But you've got um, you have two people who are essentially their entire uh, predicate. The, everything that's being looked at from them. Uh, currently by by the White House, is what is the reaction to them, the political reaction from the people, and they both have uh, strong political benefits to the president. So they're just trying to figure out, number one, which one has the best reaction, and number two, which one has the does not have skeletons in their closet, you know, that a la yeah. Brett Kavanaugh's supposed skeletons. So that's unfortunate yeah. um, that it has to be a political pick, but this is what it is, and this is 2020, and we have to support it. 
if we're going to be conservatives, if we're going to be pro-life, then we take what we have and we push it forward. And both of these picks, by the way, you know, when I say that I'm lukewarm, it's not necessarily based upon anything other than, um, you know, not anything about them specifically or individually, but more along the lines of it's unfortunate that it has to be has to come down to two people who will, who are who have been chosen based upon whether or not they can help the president electorally. That's unfortunate. Otherwise, um, I think they're both good. And I watched a video today of of um, uh, Barrett and mm-hmm. my gosh, seven kids, two adopted, one special needs. Um, yeah. You know, she's she's almost a poster child. And then of course, um, Lagoa is is Cuban American. So in in Florida, a swing state. So there's lots of benefits to each. The White House will weigh both. Yeah, I, that's a good point, JD. I, I'm glad you brought it up about the. It's a political appointment, so you know these folks, uh, as, as bright and as good as they are, there there would be a whole lot longer list uh, had it been after the election and the president had won. Um, uh, Barrett at least seems to be a pretty known quantity. I think Lagoa is too for folks that know her. Uh, now Barrett's from. I have to say she's from. Southeast Louisiana, where I live, and uh, I have close friends that that know her well, went to high school with her, uh, or were in high school events with her, and everything, and speak very highly of her. But I, I'm like you, you know, it is a political appointment. Uh, the president's got to make the choice that's going to help him in the election. Uh, you know, all the public, not all the public polling, but a lot of the public polling being pushed by the establishment propaganda media. Uh, you can read that as leftist. Uh, has the president uh, at best, uh, you know, too close to call and most of the time behind Joe Biden, as unbelievable as that sounds from a candidate uh, living in his basement and barely able to put two sentences together, at least demonstrably so anyway. But uh, so, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. It just can't, I'm excited about it because, you know, the president was elected to do this uh, and it looks like we have the opportunity to do it. So what do you think politically, uh, do you think it's better for him, uh, for the Senate to get the confirmation done before the election or after? No, before, for sure. So <clears throat> this is, and well, you, well, okay, so you asked politically. Politically, no, it's bad for Mitch McConnell and not necessarily for, for Cory Gardner or, um, and mm. you know, he's the only one who's truly, truly at risk. You could say Tom Tillis as well, truly at risk. Uh, for voting in favor, though it will be used against them. I don't think anybody else is at risk. Susan Collins, um, she's at risk whether she's in favor of or against, and she's already come out against. So it's not going to affect her. Uh, as far as for the president, you know, politically speaking, it doesn't matter. As long as he makes the nomination, it won't help or hurt him if the nomination is pushed forward. <clears throat> I'm sorry, if the confirmation is pushed forward before or after the election. The challenge, though, is with um, you know how do we deal with the repercussions of the election, especially one that that is likely to be close, especially one that is mm-hmm. certainly going to be contentious with dozens of lawsuits filed. And that's just at the federal level. We're not even talking about the local lawsuits that will be filed. You need a Supreme Court that has five versus four or six versus three, however you want to put it. You need yeah. an odd number of justices, period. If we went into, if we go into this election and there are eight justices who are supposed to be taking this on, then it's essentially literally everything, every single thing that happens going forward will be determined by John Roberts alone. He will literally hold the keys to the entirety of our future, politically speaking, in Washington, D.C., and I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. So that's why I won't speak ill of, of any of the I, – I don't care who he puts forward. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. He could put forward, he uh, honestly, he could put forward Barack Obama. And as long as we can get to nine, I would be okay with it. Now, obviously, I would complain about why would you <laughs> nominate Barack yeah. Obama? That's silly. But, you know, if he did it, I would be okay with it as long as somebody gets nominated. Politically, it doesn't hurt to have that person confirmed before or after. But as far as what's going to happen to the nation after the election, we have to have nine Supreme Court justices, period. We Just to make it decisive, we don't need to be in limbo. Uh, I, again, I think you're absolutely right on that. Uh, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say Barack Obama I'd be okay with. <laughs> just but, scratch but, that. But I somebody said that. <laughs> did pitch the idea to be of a pro-life Democrat, which I know one here in Louisiana, the governor of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards, uh, who's also a West Point graduate, ex-military guy. Uh, so, so, you know, uh, somebody like me could probably live with that, uh, as long as they were pro-life, uh, uh, because that's the issue from the Supreme court's perspective that, that folks that I know that especially the deeply religious folks are, are very, very focused on and sure. what would energize them to get out and vote. Uh, I'm not sure to be a wash myself, uh, whether we get it done before or after the election, uh, I think it'll energize our base uh, and our side, those folks that might be on the fence, believe it or not, uh, for Biden because they think he's still moderate and that the Democratic Party is still moderate if, you're, if there are those people out there, and I'm sure there are. Uh, but, uh, but getting the nomination out uh, and it being a pro-life conservative, uh, I think will, will be good for the president. Uh, no matter what. Well, I mentioned Biden being ahead in a lot of this public polling and everything. I don't believe the private polling uh, is showing that, quite frankly. Uh, But uh, it seems the issue that's propelling him is the president's COVID-19 response. I've been tracking this very closely. I I, I was in the military as a a vice wing commander uh, in the Air Force during the uh, the uh, last flu pandemic under President Obama, so I have some experience in uh, in dealing with the issues associated with a pandemic and everything. And for a for a new virus that's never been seen before, I, I think the United States has done pretty well considering the available information and as it's changed over time. There's some things I don't like, but it's mostly at the governor level, like mask mandates. I don't uh, haven't supervised two hospitals. Uh, I don't think masks are that effective, uh, especially to be mandated, uh, except for in certain situations. But, but what is it that Biden's putting out? I mean, I'm looking at this very closely, and, and Biden's plans that he's put out over time have pretty much mirrored the president's uh, in, at nearly 100% and what the president is actually doing. Is this a messaging issue on, on President Trump's campaign side, or or is it just a better messaging uh, from the Biden campaign that people are buying that the Trump administration hasn't responded well to COVID-19? So most of that, when it comes to COVID specifically, not other aspects of the mm-hmm. campaigns, but when it comes to COVID yeah. specifically, the president's, the, the Trump campaign has done a very poor job of addressing it. But more importantly, mainstream media has done a, an excellent job of pushing forward the Democrats' message, Joe Biden's message, and isolating it. Okay, we mm-hmm. live in a in a society where you've got about you know we'll, we'll say 10, 20 percent of us are hyper political. We're aware of what's yeah. happening. We could we could tell you you know outside of Louisiana, most people don't know who John Bell Edwards is. I'm very familiar with John Bell Edwards. Okay, yeah. and you're right, he is one of the very few Democrats that I actually don't hate. Okay, guys, yeah. guys got some some 
He's got some conservative <laughs> credentials, right? He really he does. does. He does. Um, you know, and he's good for business, which is rare for a Democrat. But anyway, yeah. so, <clears throat> yeah, but outside of Louisiana, and maybe many people in Louisiana don't even know that. The reason I bring that up is because we are in a society that despite being co cooped up, despite having the uh, the wealth of human knowledge at our fingertips, literally, on our phones and on the internet, despite all of this information that we have available to us, the vast majority of Americans are still living off of sound bites. They get their information, if they do get any information at all, if they take the time to look at it, that information is coming through mainstream media and that information is coming through social media. And both of those have a tendency, a leaning towards making Joe Biden look like the guy who can fix things. If you were to ask people, who do you think will fix you know, the coronavirus situation better, will it be President Trump or Joe Biden? I would say a majority of people would say Joe Biden. Then you ask the exact same people who said that they think it would be Joe Biden, what are Joe Biden's plans? And nine out of 10 of them would have no idea, okay? Yeah. All they know is that he said President Trump bad and and look around you and jobs are, are gone and you guys are hurting, you know? And this this isn't new, a new phenomenon, okay? We've mm -hmm. always had limited information voters. The difference today is that we don't have an excuse. People do can go and find out the real information. They just don't. Okay, the vast majority of people do not. And that's unfortunate because if they did look at the information, you're right. The White House has handled, if anything, the, the challenges with the White House's response to COVID-19 have been uh, basically aligning too much with what Joe Biden would do or want to do. OK, the things that he's done that Joe Biden would do, those have been the wrong moves, in my opinion. We're on, what, day one, 180 of, of 15 days to, to slow the spread. OK, yeah. the, slow, the, the spread has been slowed. Okay, look at Sweden. The, the spread did not need to be slowed at all. But again, you know, don't even get me started on masks. That's a whole other. But I'm glad ah, you brought baby. up Sweden, JD. I'm Please. glad you brought up Sweden because I've been watching Sweden, Sweden, as have others who are willing to step out and 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 be uh, dissenters uh, on the common, you know, approach to this. And I call that the lockdown approach. Uh, and uh, I think you're right. I mean, I mean. Uh, uh, we could have quarantined some specific cities and those kind of things at the beginning of this. Uh, and I think you and I both called for that in different forums and everything. But once we didn't do that, you're not going to be successful in containing a virus like this uh, that spreads the way it does. E even though we didn't know that much about it, we knew how it was spreading for the most part with human-to-human -human contact uh, once we got past the lies from the Chinese Communist Party and the WHO. Uh, but Sweden has never locked down. Sweden has never closed schools. Uh, and I would point out, I don't think the federal government ever called for schools closing either, but in the United States, but other countries have. Uh, and if you look at their, the data on graphs from Sweden and compare it to a country like, uh, like Germany or Spain or even the United States, you see that, yeah, they had a rise in cases and that's what happens when you have a virus, but, but they are down now to uh, uh, what I would call normalized uh, for having a novel virus like this, having spread as a pandemic through their society with very few uh, deaths uh, and, ver and no uh, economic repercussions other than what's caused externally by other states locking down. And uh, we ought to be seriously taking a look at, at Sweden through a normalized lens for each country. We're all different, uh, but, but that model is good. 
And now's the time to start taking a harder look at that so that we can, uh, what economic recovery we have going can get even better and faster, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> the Swedish model, the, the part that was broken, and, and you know, it's, it's one of those things where if you could change anything, if you could go back time and warn anybody about anything, it wouldn't have been about slow the spread. I would have gone back to Sweden and said, hey, you know, basically, I appreciate you not wanting to lock everything down. Protect the elderly, okay? Protect yeah. the elderly because they're going to, they are going to be harmed by this. Everybody else is going to have a 99.94% chance of recovering from it. But the elderly need to be protected. If they had done that, then things would be completely different today. But now today, they didn't do that. They did have a spike. Um, I think they had 117 deaths on April 15th, which was their highest, or 115 deaths. Now, they have since then been the only major Western nation that has had a steady decline ever since late April. They've been down, down, down in both cases and deaths. Deaths in particular have been down since July 25th to the point that now – in September, they're at 1.4 deaths per day in Sweden, okay? 1.4 death, coronavirus deaths per day in Sweden. They have a population of 10.2 million. You compare that mm -hmm. to New Jersey, which has had massive draconian lockdowns from the beginning. Yeah. They're at like 5.6 deaths. They have 1.4 million fewer people in New Jersey, and yet they continue to die. They continue to have a, a higher death rate, a higher infection rate, and... They have the second wave. Why? Because they've taken these precautions. This the thing that's making Sweden so strong is because they've been able to achieve approximately a 25% antibody rate. You know, that's not herd immunity, but you can't achieve herd immunity with with a, with yeah. COVID-19. It doesn't happen. You, you can't happen because it does. It's it's just not serious enough for for young and healthy people. They don't have time yeah. to accumulate antibodies. They beat it quickly. So yes, if we were to do anything differently today. It would be look at the Swedish model, learn from that data and say, hey, guys, you know, if you want to wear a mask, great, wear a mask. If you are elderly, you should definitely wear a mask for everybody else. Open up schools, open up businesses and uh, and let's get back to work because more people are dying from drug overdoses and depression and, and destitution and suicide than from COVID-19 today. And that's demonstrable if they would release those facts, which conspicuously they are not. Yeah, those facts are absent, uh, and uh, and I think uh, uh, you're right. It, it's it's just it's time to to take a backward look and start doing some real real decision making based on other models. Because if you look at every country whose lockdowns curve, and that, that's what jumped out at me the last time I looked at Sweden compared to every country, we all had spikes in the summer that were much more dramatic than Sweden's one spike. Uh, and it was, you know, the timing was very similar. You know, we started coming out in these phases and those kind of things. And it's because there wasn't enough spread, uh, I think, uh, for this virus to have taken effect to gently bring that curve down uh, and put us in a position where we all should be right now, which is where Sweden is, considering the size of their population. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you joining us to, this week on the Rob Mana Show. Uh, tell folks how to find you. Give the website for Knock Report uh, and uh, anything else you want them to know, J.D. Absolutely. NOQReport.com, knockreport.com. That's where you go to find me, uh, most of my writing. 
but we have a new project started, freedomfirstnetwork.com. That is a new podcast network where podcasters can, can come and just be awesome together, conservatives, of course, patriots. Uh, and then you can find me on Twitter at J.D. Rucker, R-U-C-K-E-R. And um, I'm always there. I'm there too much. It's, it's pretty annoying how much I'm there. That's it. Uh, thanks, J.D. Uh, Rucker, uh, editor-in-chief of The Knock Report, amongst many other great things, uh, Christian and conservative, that I know about. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next week, folks. Uh, and go to The Knock Report, put that on your read list, just like you do robmanus.com, uh, and you won't be sorry. Mammoth Nation is the discount club for conservatives. You get great discounts on name brand products and services, and the proceeds help candidates who support the right causes. Plus, the money you save from just one purchase can pay for your entire membership. Liberal Democrats are destroying America, and we can't let Joe Biden be president. It's time to join the fight. Strength in numbers. We give the silent majority a resounding voice. Go to mammothnation.com and let's win this fight together. Well, big thanks to J.D. Rucker for joining us for this week's episode. Uh, and a big thanks to all those independent media outlets that are coming online, that have been online, uh, like his, and for those movements that are going to make sure that the United States of America survives as a republic that protects liberty and freedom. Until next week, I'm Rob Maynard.